1: Five minutes, please. Welcome to Thank You Five. Thank you five. My name is Matt. And I'm David. And this is a podcast where we talk about musicals we like. And some we don't.
2: Today's musical, uh, the inaugural musical, mm-hmm. uh, we are doing Stephen Sondheim's Follies with
1: a book by James Goldman. Follies is the story of a theater about to be demolished, and the former tenants of, of the theater, a uh, Follies uh, extravaganza, uh, come back together for a reunion just to say goodbye to the, to the theater and also to relive some some moments from their youth. Uh, We're introduced to the four main characters, Buddy and Sally, and Ben and Phyllis. Uh, They are the the four characters that kind of take us through the evening. Uh, We find out that Sally and Ben used to have a romance, then Ben married Phyllis, and Sally kind of settled for Buddy. And as Act One goes through, uh, we see the... Uh, The result that 30 years of that dynamic has wrought on their lives. So what you're saying is this is straight people, the musical basically, basically (laughs) this is just about any reunion that you might go to. Yeah. (laughs) without
2: the Romeo and Michelle high School reunion bits exactly without the whimsy this has some whimsy there it?
1: there is whimsy I mean because there's all the pastiche numbers there's right. the most famous song from it which is of course rain on the roof no um, <laughs> <laughs> Broadway baby and also the pro- I think a song that over the years has gained a lot of uh a lot of love is I'm still here yes um I that survival song that will not die <laughs> in a uh, good way, in a good way. I, yeah. I love the song. Don't, don't get me wrong.
2: And while, while these people are going about through the reunion and interacting with each other, which not a whole lot, a lot of stuff happens in the first act, but not mm-hmm. a whole lot of plot happens. Exactly. A lot it's, of, it's a pretty plot free show. Yeah. I mean, um, I think even in the second act, there's not a whole lot of
1: plot. No, it's, it's more slice of life than, Mm. Uh, than story driven.
2: Mm. Yeah. And so while these people are interacting and bickering and talking and catching up, uh, their past selves are floating through the abandoned theater. Um, in the original production, they were all dressed in black and white, including mm. their makeup. So they're supposed to be very, you know, back in the old days mm. when there was no color, yeah. um, <laughs> before technicolor came along and ruined everything. Um, <laughs> Other productions have been not quite that way, but there Mm -hmm. is still that sense of, like, there are all these ghosts of these people's former selves haunting the theater, and today they
1: are coming out to play. Coming out to play and kind of crashing into their future selves.
2: Yeah, so it's a little bit like The House on Haunted
1: Hill. Kind of. (laughs) The musical as well. Um, Only, I think, I don't...
2: I had a joke there, but now I can't remember how what it
1: was. House on Haunted Hill The Musicals is, is a pretty good joke. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Coming to Broadway this <laughs> next October. Yeah. Now let me ask you, how how did you first encounter the Show Follies?
2: My first encounter with the Show Follies was in the movie Camp. Okay. I had sort of heard about it before. Um I, I had read about it. You know, my first big stage musical that I remember really diving into as a stage production as opposed to the TV movie Mm -hmm. or movie movie was Into the Woods. So Mm -hmm. it was like, oh yeah, I love Into the Woods. I'm obviously a Stephen Sondheim fan, (laughs) having seen nothing of his other work. Mm -hmm. So I had heard about Follies and kind of knew about it. It was on liner notes for other things and never really got into it. Um, I don't think I even really tried. And then in the movie Camp, the songs uh, there are two songs from Follies that are that are used a couple of times. Mm -hmm. First, when all of the kids are going to the camp, uh, they're all sitting on a bus and they're all singing like belting at the top of their lungs with all of the joy their little fourteen-year-old hearts can muster, Mm -hmm. losing my mind. Yes. Um, Oh, I know. I was in the scouts. We did that. (laughs) <laughs> I do remember my Boy Scout troop putting together a production of, um, street scenes. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It, it, it was Boy one Scouts of our, and Kurt Vile. just, yeah, it was, yeah, it, you was it was a merit badge. <laughs> we That's, got the Kurt Vile <laughs> merit badge. <batch. laughs> just a uh, embroidered lot of lenya. <laughs> uh, so all these kids are belting out, losing my mind as they're going on. I think there's like, there's one person it might be the straight boy who's sort of sitting there and they're surrounded by all of these screaming theater children is mm. like, what have I done? <laughs> uh, the other scene that they use a, a thing from Follies in is the first round of shows that they're doing at the camp, mm-hmm. the musical theater camp. Um, most of it's focusing on Turkey Lurkey time from Promises Promises. Promises. Yeah but interspersed with that is some avant-garde play that the, the three people are doing off on the side in a dumpster and then Follies, which you only ever see this one girl singing, I'm still here. And she's wearing this gorgeous blue velvet cocktail or like lounge dress that goes down to the floor and trails. And it's kind of this cut between Turkey Lurkey Time and I'm Still Here, <laughs> so which whenever I hear Turkey Lurkey Time, <laughs> which, you know, you hear on a regular basis. Yeah. Um, it's, it's my al- favorite Christmas carol. Exactly. It always intercut with <laughs> I'm Still Here. <laughs> kind of the same way that in the uh, uh, with the the Barbra Streisand Broadway album. Yes. Yeah. Um, pretty women goes right into ladies, <laughs> ladies, who, ladies lunch. who
1: lunch. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's actually funny that you bring that up because that's kind, kind of how I got into Follies or first uh, encountered it because the uh, the walls in my parents' house were very thin and I was right across the hall from my sister. We shared a wall like my... Uh, one of my bedroom walls was her closet wall, basically. And she had bought Barbra Streisand's album, LP, of uh, the Broadway album, and played it loudly. And I could hear it. And I was like, oh, I like some of this music. So I bought my own copy of it uh, with my allowance. And I noticed that a lot of these uh, songs were by some guy named Stephen Sondheim. And so I, when I realized that there were things called cast albums... um, (laughs) And that these songs were also on these cast albums. I started buying those cast albums. And I think Follies was either like the first or second one that didn't have a song on the Broadway album. Um that was a Sondheim show that I bought the cast album of. Oh, that does that was not even English. Uh but you know what I mean.
2: I do, uh, yeah. Okay. It- there was not a song on the Broadway album. From Follies. From Follies. And it was the first album Songheim. that you bought. Yes, yes. That that did not happen off.
1: Exactly, exactly. But it's it's once I realized, oh, I like cast albums. I like I like Broadway musicals. Um, I think Follies was one of the first things. And I was like 12, 13 years old and thought I had this really deep connection with the older couples in Follies because I was... Precocious and just a little bit pretentious. Well, I think we all
2: go through stuff like that. Yeah, I mean yeah, I yeah. as a fifteen year old I was really, really associating with the people in rent. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And not just, you know, oh these songs are fun. No, yeah. I was a tortured artist. <laughs> Bohemian living. Bohemian living, living in my parents' home and going to a prestigious private Catholic <laughs>
1: school. <laughs> living on the edge. Suffering from AIDS, the diet candy. Oh God. Uh,
0: <laughs> oh God. Um, unfortunate. Were you
2: day. the one who was telling me? No, I think it? it actually might. Have, a friend of mine was recently talking about AIDS, the diet candy. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, I remember the commercials. Yeah. Like, clear as day from my childhood. Yeah. Um. And yeah, it, they're just like little caramels, uh, cellophane-wrapped caramels, oh. and it's A Y D S. Oh, oh, um, and that I had see. to change when things. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So anyway, okay. Um,
2: <laughs> I did not see a production of it until the 2012 mm-hmm. Broadway cast. Yeah. Uh, which I thought was okay, but it did not make an impression on me. The oh, main thing it. that I think about it is that it felt very far away. Okay. Uh, because I was it was in the marquee. Yeah. Which is a gigantic cavernous theater, yeah. which is really great for some things. Mm-hmm. This show, it just put everybody at the other end of a tunnel. Mm-hmm. And I also think that it ended up affecting how they have to do the direction because you have to just sort of turn everything out. Yeah, Nothing can be in and contained. Mm-hmm. So it makes, there's so much space. There's so much. Yeah. Space. Yeah. <laughs> um, which not so much didn't swallow everybody up, but there's an it lost a feeling of intimacy. Yeah, that the, I have since encountered with the show.
1: Yeah, I think that was the first live production I've seen of it as well, and I just remember reading and seeing all the pictures from the original production in the Winter Garden Theater, which another big cavernous space. Um, but like seeing how they did the set which uh mm-hmm. in the original which was very interesting and things would like come on or uh you know little bits of the the decrepit stage would mm-hmm. you know come on and then go off and you would just discover all yeah. the little nooks and crannies of the theater um however in the 2012 um it was just a static stage and yeah. nothing really left um for the entire time that we were at the reunion. Right. Um, uh,
2: Cause I think looking at the pictures from the original, um, original production, mm-hmm. the stage had a couple different levels. Mm-hmm. Um, some which would then during the big burlesque follies number yeah. in the second act mm-hmm. would then open up and out and huge things would come flying down from the thing to totally transport you. Yeah. So it didn't, the pictures that I've seen of it did not feel as spare yeah. And I think what you're saying yeah. the fact yeah. that it was a bare stage with like a ladder and a
1: door. Mm. Yeah,
2: basically. Yeah. So
1: yeah, just you're just always seeing the staircase that the that the beautiful girls come down. And um you know, since that never leaves, it's like, oh, well, now we're at the part of the party where you and I go off to the place where everyone can see us and talk. Oh, now we're going to go off into this other little corner. You know, it just, it just, I don't know. I'm we're going to make out in front of everybody. <laughs> exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm complaining about silly things. And it's not really no, no, a complaint. It's, it's, but,
2: I think um, it's, I, I do think it's valid. I don't want to say that we are trying to bash any production. Oh, no. Especially oh no. as um, this podcast goes on. I think that there are definitely valid critiques. Mm. I don't necessarily want to. This isn't a theater review podcast. No, not really. um But I also think that the audience reaction is important. Yeah. Um, and some things are not always going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I, I I, wonder how that production would have fared in a much smaller theater, mm-hmm. uh, something much more intimate, maybe uh, the Schubert
1: yeah. or
2: any of those over um, mm-hmm. behind the Marquis and the Minskoff. Yeah, just because it was it was huge, it was modern, mm-hmm. um, and I love how all of those theaters have all of the carvings yes. and the murals yes. and the stuff that really puts you into a different
1: place. Yeah, and um, yeah, the marquee doesn't really. Yeah, have that. and actually, they had lined the walls with like muslin and uh, uh, I don't know, just with with fabric to make it look like it had been mothballed. I I guess at the marquee.
2: Yeah, dude, okay. I think I remember everything. I remember everything being black, but I also associate it with thoroughly modern Millie, which I don't remember the sides at all. Mm-hmm. So right now, in my brain, it seems like it just has dark walls. Okay,
1: mm-hmm. but I could be wrong. Yeah, but I re- I do remember when we the because I saw the 2012 uh, revival twice. Um my now fiance and I. Um the first time we were just sitting around uh the apartment and we're like, you know, it's Saturday. What uh what do we what do you want to do today? And we're like, I don't know, let's pull up uh TKTS, see what's on. Oh, follies is on. Do you wanna go? And like literally like that. We were just like, yeah, get a you know, get it get a cab. Uh so we got into a cab, we went to TKTS we got really good seats. We got like, uh, like, you know, we were about like 10 rows from the back and the orchestra. Um, and when the overture started, both he and I started to cry a little bit because it's a show that I had loved for 20 years and I never thought I would get to see it at on this scale. Like, it had a huge orchestra, it had a huge cast, and in these days of, uh, of economy, that we see on Broadway. Um, we just never thought it would, it would happen. And right. Wasn't
2: this around the same time that everything was becoming.
1: Yeah. John it, 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 Doyle. Is that the yes, same? Yeah. John Doyle.
2: Yeah. Where everybody's playing their <laughs> own instruments. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. If the, if the orchestra wasn't pared down to like eight instruments, then the, uh, the actors were playing it. Yeah. Yeah. You know? um, so, you know, so it was just lovely. And there were moments like I almost started a standing ovation, for terry white's uh who's that woman yeah she was wonderful um
2: and i remember at the time there was a whole big thing about how you know a couple years before that terry white had been homeless and it was a big deal of hey Mm -hmm. this is what you do as an actor like one Mm -hmm. minute you're homeless the next minute you're starring and doing the show stopping number on a broadway stage
1: (laughs) james uh my my fiance uh tells a story and he's not sure if if it was terry white but it may have been terry white but at one point before he moved to new york he uh came to visit and they went to i think like marie's crisis or uh don't tell mama or something like that and uh they're sitting there having a drink and it was like an open mic night and people were just getting up and singing whatever and the person running the, the, the open mic was like, and now we're going to have uh, someone who was just nominated for a Tony come up here and sing a song. And their waitress took her apron off, set it on the bar and walked up to uh, the stage and sang a, sang a song. And, you know, it just hit him. Uh, it was like, well, that's being an artist in New York is one day you might be starring in something. Oh.
2: So quick rundown of the, um, the songs that are in the first act. We have the prologue, we have mm-hmm. the overture. Mm-hmm. The prologue and overture start with completely bare stage, mm-hmm. and the ghosts start moving in. And then as the band picks up,
1: more and more people come into the actual show. Yeah. It, um, uh, the, the modern day people kind of crash the ghosts party and... Um, <laughs> and arrive for the the reunion and, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So then it goes into beautiful girls. Yes. Which
2: is sort of a reprise of <clears throat> what all these women used to do back in the day. The folly has mm-hmm. happened between, between the great wars. Yeah. as Uh, Dimitri Weissman
1: says, yeah and it's, you're sort of, ju- and beautiful girls was just kind of like the Anthem. Mm. That would be sung at every version of the of the Follies where this particular tenor, Roscoe, would mm. come out and sing, you know, uh, hats off, here here they come, those beautiful girls, as the gorgeous women descended the staircase and right. men could gawk and marvel at them. Right. If you've seen the <laughs> <Whatever>. Nazi play. <laughs> the producers.
2: Yes. If you've seen the producers. <laughs> yes. You've seen this type of thing. Okay. No, it's okay. <laughs> I have brain farts a lot. <laughs> so if you've seen the producers, you've seen the girls descending down the staircase. If you've seen Funny Girl, you've definitely seen yeah. the girls coming down the staircase. The
1: object of my affection number or whatever that's called. Yeah. is that what it,
2: Or the, the, where she's the, the bride. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That was one of those ones that I don't... I don't remember anything else about that movie, but I remember as a kid, I remember that scene Mm. and I tried to memorize what all the brides say, (laughs) like the summer bride is typified by (laughs) stuff. (laughs) Anyway, that type of thing.
1: Yeah. Um, And so it's, and it kind of sets the tone for the entire show because here's this man singing about these beautiful girls and these mature women are... Are coming down the stairs wearing a sash of the year that they were, they had joined the Follies or Mm -hmm. they were featured in the Follies. And uh, so while you're hearing about these beautiful girls, you're seeing women who definitely aren't girls. Right. Um, Still beautiful,
2: mm -hmm. not girls. The next song is Don't Look at Me, which is Sally running into Ben, and she's very much, he's now a senator? Something like that, or former writer, senator,
1: or yeah, he's, he's rich, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: he's rich, he has political power, yeah, um, because Phyllis is often having to uh, host dinner parties for yes. old rich men, heads of state, and such, yeah, right, um, and Sally is the wife of a traveling salesman, yes, who is also having an affair, and she regularly, regularly calls up her sons and berates them for not loving her. Basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Sally is very much like, don't look at me, Ben, because (laughs) I'm still in love with a fantasy of you. And I don't want you to see my crow's feet. Basically.
1: Yeah. And, and also I, I remember hearing a story about when the 2012 revival happened and Bernadette Peters was cast as Sally. Actually, that was a couple years before at the Kennedy center. Anyway, you know what I mean? um, uh, when Bernadette Peters was cast as Sally, Sondheim kind of like wrote her a congratulatory note and said, I think you'll be wonderful. It's a great part for you. By the way, she's crazy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, and, and she definitely played it crazy. She and, did. And, and I appreciate it. I, I, I loved how she did it. So Sally's supposed to be crazy? No. Yeah, not like crazy, but she's, I mean. In the story, she is she has spent thirty years pining after this guy and mm-hmm. having this relationship in her in her head and that's bound to affect her yeah. uh in some way and you know and also berating her children, berating her, her mm-hmm. husband, uh not appreciating what she had because she thinks that she deserves better, yeah.
2: Know? Well, Sally is the one character I have a hard time getting my head around in this show. Mm-hmm. Um Buddy, I can get my head around, even if I don't always like him. Mm-hmm. Um, Phyllis, I definitely... I I know where Phyllis is coming from. I know where she's going. Like, yeah. like, Phyllis is there. <laughs> and even Ben, I can kind of get... I get who he is. I get where he's coming from. Mm. Um, and I don't see... I haven't felt that there's a whole lot of changes in the different versions that I've listened to or seen. Mm-hmm. But Sally, I feel... Is so different or can be so different depending upon who's playing her. Yeah. Like the original cast recording is she's very flighty. Yes. Like That's a cool. great word for her. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um very like 50s housewife. Mm-hmm. Um or trying to be fifties housewife. Mm-hmm. Bernadette Peters was almost unhinged. Almost. And not nec- and it wasn't bad. It was just No, no, no. It was just a very like manic.
1: Well, I mean, the the conversation I had with people, other people who didn't enjoy her performance as much as, as I did, uh, it was like, you know, she she plays it so out there that Losing My Mind doesn't have the, the punch. And my reaction was, yeah, we all know that she's crazy, but until she sings Losing My Mind, she doesn't know she's crazy. Mm-hmm. That's where it sets in for her, and that's why I loved it, because that's mm-hmm. where the drama was. That was, yeah. you know, her facing her reality, which is... She's lost her damn mind. Hmm. I wonder how much of that is because
2: well, that's Act Two. We'll get into oh, Act anyway, Two. Later. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um. So yeah, I've I have, I've have a hard time wrapping my head around Sally just because, again, just because she's so different, and I don't I don't think I realize that Sondheim wrote her in a very specific way. I thought it was sort of a character actor take on top of it. Oh, okay. All right. Kind of in the same way – I I actually, can't think of what type of character I would compare this to. But – actually, no, I can't think of a different type of character that I would compare this to. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: It's just that, like, she seems so different in the different versions that I've listened to and heard. And I don't often hear that in musicals. Mm -hmm. Um, It always seems like there is a type. You are playing – Judd for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. You are playing Millie until you hit forty. Mm-hmm. You are playing Oliver until you hit thirty-five. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, but I mean, even just looking at the 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 array of women that uh, have played Sally in productions that have recordings, so originally it was Dorothy Collins, uh, who was uh, she she was in movies in like the the forties mm-hmm. and fifties, I believe. Then there was the concert in '84 with Barbara Cook, mm-hmm. former uh, professional ingenue. Yes, basically, <laughs> basically. And then she went away, and she got a new body, and uh, still <laughs> had that voice. And uh her uh in Buddy's eyes is probably probably my favorite uh, recorded one ever. So which
2: so that's an interesting thing, since that is not the first mothery type, or actually unhinged mother that she was playing. That's true. Because she was in the workshop version of or was it, was,
1: yeah, well, the London production, the London workshop, I guess. I don't know if yeah, there there were definitely performances on it. Oh, uh, no,
2: I was gonna say that she was she played um Mrs. White and yeah, and Carrie, in Carrie
1: at the at the Royal Shakespeare Company. yeah, yeah, so I don't know if that's a workshop, but yeah, so <laughs> uh, another unchanged <laughs> mother, and she decided not to come to Broadway with it because she was almost decapitated by a piece of scenery. Um,
2: yes. But that, but that was actually after Follies.
1: after Follies. Uh, oh, you're right. Because that concert was like
0: 84?
1: I thought say? Carrie was 81. Oh, no, no, no. It was, uh, I think it was after Drood. I think it was the first thing that Betty Buckley did after she left Drood, I think. Okay. I may have my timeline mixed up, but I I think it was late 80s. Okay. Might have been like 87 then? Something. 87, 88, somewhere.
2: somewhere uh-huh. That makes sense
1: too. Um. Because I remember as a child going to our local Walgreens and going to the spinner rack with comic books. And next to it was the spinner rack with paperbacks, the mass market paperbacks. And I remember seeing a copy of uh, the Stephen King novel of Carrie, but with the Broadway logo on it. With the weird, like, thing in the... Yeah, uh, and the with <laughs> the wavy hair and, <laughs> and the red tear. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, so... Where were we on on the? We're on the waiting for the girls upstairs. Oh, waiting around, wait around for the girls upstairs. Uh, the, everybody starts
2: exploring the theater and mm-hmm. uh memories flood back. Yeah, and Ben and Buddy and Phyllis and Sally start uh, reminiscing about what how they used to sit around <laughs> for the girls as they would finish their show and take off their makeup and get changed. And um while the the four of them are kind of poking around the theater and seeing all of this stuff, uh they're Counter their past counterparts uh, show up and start actually uh, playing, reliving, yeah. yeah, reliving or living or however yeah. you want to. You're not sure if it's a memory or if it's a ghost or if it's mm-hmm. um, a vision or whatever. Yeah, um, and this is the point in time where they all start interacting too. Mm-hmm. Uh, beforehand, it's just been sort of ghost walking through the theater, yeah, but now you actually start seeing phyllis and
1: yeah ben and buddy and sally actually interact with their ghosts with their younger selves yeah mm-hmm. and and that's actually my favorite moment of the entire show is you know the younger the younger ghosts are all like you know going through this thing of deciding where they're going to go you're were going to go dance at tony exactly and then the you know the the girls want to go to the expensive place the boys want to go to the cheap place Finally, the boys relent and they leave, and the older versions just kind of watch them go. And there's just kind of silence for a moment, and then there's like a quiet vamp as the, the song starts up again. And for me, that's where the show lives. It's the reaction, the different reaction on each of the faces of the of the main four as they watch their younger selves. Hmm. It's 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 you know, and that gets echoed throughout the show because like
2: yeah. Phyllis talks about. You know, she looks in her scrapbook and she's, you know, 1941 was a million years ago. Yeah. <laughs> like, I look at old pictures of myself and I'm like, who the hell is that? Yeah. Somebody else is in my book. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> whereas, you know, Sally is so worried about having gained weight and mm-hmm. having – is no longer being young and beautiful. Yeah. Um. And you don't really see that much mm-hmm. – I guess it's interesting that you don't see the same
1: type of – Issues with Ben and Buddy. Well, yes and no. I mean, um, a song that's coming up mm-hmm. for Ben is uh, The Road You Didn't Take, mm-hmm. uh, where, you know, he's talking about, like, you know, oh, I made this choice and this is the road that I went down. And there, yeah, there's always the other, the, the road you didn't take, the other road. Uh, but that doesn't matter at all. But throughout the song, he's trying to convince himself that it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Not so much he's trying to convince anybody else. Um, well, I guess for me, what I'm trying to say is that
2: for Phyllis and Sally, it's so wrapped up in appearance. Oh, that's true. Yeah. And for Ben and Buddy,
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, you don't hear that same type of lament. Yeah. Um, even though they are also men in their 50s mm-hmm. in 1970, which is like by modern day, like their 90s. Yeah. <laughs> I'm exaggerating, but... <laughs> yeah. I do like you know I look at pictures of my grandparents and my great grandparents in the in the, like the 60s and 70s mm-hmm. and people who were in their 50s looked very different than yeah. people who looked in their 50s now. Oh, yeah. Even the
1: regional cast
2: yeah. looks very different from no, how it's
1: moisturized then.
2: Usually <laughs> yeah. or cream rinse.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean and like uh oh the man who played Ben originally, John McMartin. He was he was young. He was on the younger side. He was playing older. Mm-hmm. I think that's why he grew a mustache to make himself look a little bit more. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But yeah,
2: so the 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 four people move out. Uh, ben sings to Sally about the road he didn't take, and mm-hmm. he's very much trying to convince himself. Yeah. I'm not entirely sure what Sally's doing there, but she's basically... Oh,
1: she's just enraptured. She's Right. Ben's talking to me. Yeah. Oh, my God. My dreams are coming true. <laughs> We're going to run yeah. away. It's going to be great. <laughs> um, and then after that, that's the trio? The the, the three songs?
2: Oh, I, actually, the trio comes in between the two, of, between this. Okay. We skipped around. Oh, but, sorry, you know, sorry. Uh, whatever. Creative license. Yeah. This isn't the license production. Um <laughs> But before the road you didn't take is the big montage. Yes. Um, various people come out to reprise their uh, Follies numbers. Yeah. Um, and then after the th- each individual group sings, mm-hmm. there's one big smash together while they all just come out and sing together cacophonously because these songs don't really match up. Not at all. Um, um, the first being this cutesy whoopsie duet called "Rain on the
1: Roof." Yeah. Uh, which is actually. A little dirtier than you expect. Yeah, (laughs) it's kind of a, it's kind of the, um, baby it's cold outside kind of, uh, uh, (laughs) song of the of the show. But without like the, well yeah, without the potential the Bill Cosby ness of it. Yeah. 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 But yeah, it's it's the two of them.
2: They are dancers. Yeah. I think it's what Vincent and Vanessa. Yes. Which I think seems like an odd name pairing. Something out of a Nickelodeon show. but they come out they do their little song and dance um they're supposed to be like cutesy and hometowny and mm-hmm. very accessible even though they're like, great dancers yeah um,
1: kind of like they the the Weissman version of uh Fred and Ginger kind yeah. of
2: uh, if Fred and Ginger went and opened a ballroom dance studio exactly, exactly. in a small town <laughs> uh then Fifi O'Hara no that's the drag
1: queen <laughs> I think you're thinking of the the woman who originally played. Oh, the, you're right, you're Fifi right. Fifty um, um, but it's uh, Solange. Oh yeah, Solange Lafitte. Lafitte, yeah. <laughs> and, and she's now a perfumerie. And uh, sorry, I yeah. will not try an accent again.
2: She sings a song uh, about Paris. Yeah. And it sounds exactly like you'd expect.
1: Exactly. Mm. Um, and then out comes the little firecracker that could, uh, Hattie Hattie Walker. Uh, I don't remember her last name, okay. yeah. Hattie. And she sings Broadway Baby and Brings the House Down. Yeah. It, it's, it's,
2: it was not originally thought to be the showstopper, yeah. but um, what, yeah. Ethel Studda? shooter Shooter. Ethel Schuda just blew it out of the yeah. water. Yeah. Uh, to the point where they had to switch it, because originally it was supposed to be that um, oh, uh, Ah Paris was the one oh, yeah. uh, that ended the trio. Ah Paris,
1: Yeah. <laughs> But Ethel, yeah, blew that yeah. thing up. She was she was amazing. There's yeah. still some video that you can find on YouTube of her. Uh, they kind of like play the video and then uh, layer in the song on top of it. And, okay. Oh, she! I wish I could have seen her live. She was so yeah, so amazing. Yeah, Broadway yeah. Baby is all about
2: um the life of an actor in the twenties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, although I and, think. Yeah. the Go first down. couple times I heard about it or that i heard this song I, I felt it was very um I didn't know how to feel about it I think it was it was a thing that i felt i originally felt with follies that it was i thought it was very looking back with rose-colored glasses in a mm-hmm. way that I didn't like mm-hmm. um kind of the way that every production of a chorus line is usually done these days. <laughs> Not all of them, and not the original production, but that sense of like, oh, wasn't it so
1: great back
2: then, and then everything went terrible in these kids these days, (laughs) which it's not. No. It's not the type of show. And so I always felt Broadway Baby, when I would hear it at a piano bar or whatever, Mm. was that type of song, which Mm. it's not, especially since she's actually, that was her song back then. Yeah. So in the '30s, she's singing. I'm just Broadway baby. Yeah,
1: it's a it's another moment like Beautiful Girls, where mm-hmm. it's the juxtaposition of music intended for a younger generation, mm-hmm. uh, being performed by a person who's in their '50s, '60s, '70s. Yeah. You know, and which is also an interesting thing because it's made very
2: clear that Hattie was supposed to be a sex pot back in the day. Yeah, like Ben when he first sees her, makes some comment about um, I used to. Sneak into the theaters you were in because the door was broken, and, and you were wore, wearing a white dress that was cut down to your navel, or something yeah. Like that. And even berates her for having a grandson who likes to read.
1: <laughs> it's like, <laughs> wow, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's a um, little
2: disturbing. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it just it seems like an odd comedic song for mm-hmm. the bombshell
1: yeah and it's very interesting because when it is performed by a younger person mm-hmm. it is a little bit too twee and too saccharine almost <laughs> Yeah, that's <too> bad. Yeah. <laughs> exactly because there was that sondheim thing from 92 that was on pbs and daisy egan
2: mm-hmm. who
1: at the time was what like 12 13 years old uh performed it and it was very cute and daisy egan is a terribly Terribly talented, but at the same time, you're like, oh, it's just a kid singing about wanting to be on Broadway. Oh, Whereas when it's an older person, you've got that extra layer of, oh, this is somebody looking back on what they wanted as a, as a younger person. That
2: now makes me wonder if there's some sort of connection that Stephen's time wrote into it okay. um, that's similar to uh, the musical Gypsy, because there's that okay, whole was- thing about um, – uh, Let me entertain you, which mm-hmm. when baby June is singing it, it's cloying yeah. and saccharine and cutesy,
1: mm.
2: but then it gets adultified by the end. Yeah. Um, and it, not adultified like in an X rated way, although it well, is about stripping, yeah. but adultified and just like the theme of it is mm-hmm. no longer for children. Yeah. Yeah. And I wonder if there's anything of that going on here that I never mm. really thought about before.
1: Yeah. Quite possibly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's probably uh, it. Definitely had an inspiration there. I'm sure.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, so after Ben uh, sings about the road he didn't take, uh, we're interrupted by the Bolero de Moore,
1: <laughs> which is often cut actually, depending on if a production has dancers that can do a bolero, mm-hmm. especially older dancers that can do a bolero. And it
2: was apparently something that they worked forever on. Like yeah. it was meant to be this big mm. thing and. Um, they did a lot on that piece, but mm-hmm. then it's the one that gets cut all the time, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which is an interesting thing in the book, everything was possible, which is about the production of the original follies where, mm-hmm. um, Gene Kelly's brother. Yes. I think I want to say Fred Kelly. Uh, sounds good. Generic man name Kelly. <laughs> um, it was in the, in the show. And he's talking to the, at the time, like the 21-year-old who goes on to write this book, who was at the time a production assistant. And the guy's like, why is this taking so hard, so long to write? And mm-hmm. Kelly's response is basically, because you have a whole bunch of gay men directing and trying to choreograph a piece about a, two straight people falling in love. Yeah. Which... Yeah. It's a little crass, but it, it, it makes sense. Mm. Like we would do it differently. It, it, I mean, that I think that's also a whole thing of theater and expounding expanding your boundaries.
1: Yeah, yeah. Things
2: they teach you in theater school.
1: Exactly. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then after the bolero, we ha- is that in Buddy's eyes? In Buddy's eyes, oh. it's
2: Sally's version of. Uh, the road you didn't take, where she's telling herself mm-hmm. all of the lies that <laughs> she
1: yeah. can't believe. There's a there's a wonderful um, uh, uh, there was a box set that was released in like 2010, 11, something like that uh, of Sondheim's work, and along with the box set, they also released uh, little podcast episodes, and there's one specifically about this song um, in Buddy's Eyes that Paul Giammimani. Uh, I believe it was uh, kind of discusses and explains the song. And at one point he's like, you know, it's an art song and she's singing about how much she loves her husband and, and how important he is. Uh, he, uh, he is to her because she's important to him. Of course, it's all a lie. <laughs> and um, it's, it's true. She's just, I, I. it's a, it's an interesting song because you can't tell if she's trying to make see if Ben will get jealous about how much she loves her husband, or if she's singing about Ben to Ben, but substituting the name so he doesn't freak out about it. Um, you know, she she or just trying to make herself seem more alluring to Ben. I kind of there's so much that an actress could play with that. Oh yeah, Yeah. totally.
2: I I for me listening to it, it kinda comes across as um we invented (laughs) post-its. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. yeah okay <laughs> which is a very simplistic way to take about it yeah
1: yeah and both um but like the tactic could be well uh my husband loves me so i'm unavailable to you and doesn't that make me seem much more uh alluring and aren't you more like are married women more interesting <laughs> exactly <laughs> which
2: it, it, it is a thing where um it is interesting when you find when you actually do realize that
1: mm.
2: both in the road he didn't take and in in Buddy's eyes, both of these people are lying through their teeth. Oh god, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you don't, you can't tell if it's intentional. Mm-hmm. You can't tell if it's deliberate. But nothing they are saying makes sense. It's it, just it's truth.
1: Yeah, it's the surface that they're putting out there, and they want to believe it too. Mm. Um. Yeah yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah. This is followed by probably one of the biggest numbers. Uh, who's that woman? Oh yes. Um, Stella, who doesn't really show up in the show that much, she kind of is on as a thing. Actually, a lot of the, a lot of the other women in this are, Mm. they're at the party, they come out and do their big number, they go away until it's comebacks for the reprise. Yeah. Which is fine. Um, I think it's a kind of interesting conceit, especially since it seems like then the show is built around recreating a follies. Yeah. In that... You know, somebody comes out and does a piece and goes away. Another person comes out and mm-hmm. does that. So the, I yeah. guess like the, the, the central structure of the show is a follies, even if it is not a actual follies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm sure that makes sense to somebody. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, who's that woman is, was originally the number that they all did back in the 20s. Mm-hmm. And they're all wearing these dresses that are supposed to have mirror aspects. And yeah. There's even lines about who's that woman in the mirror. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the big tap number. Yeah, and then the follies. Yeah. Yeah. So the older women come out and they start singing and dancing, mm-hmm. and then what they can
1: remember of the original <laughs> choreography from yeah. 30 years ago, as as one of the uh, the characters says, uh, and I'm going to give Elaine Stritch's line reading for this. I haven't danced in 30 years. <laughs> anyway, sorry. <laughs> oh, Elaine Stritch. Yeah
2: but all the women do actually get up and dance and they have to work the choreography (laughs) around the actors. Yeah. Which is actually really, I I really like, Mm -hmm. um, but that's a whole other story (laughs) discussion.
1: But then the ghosts come on and Mm -hmm. they start performing it as if they were, it was a uh, performance of the follies of the Weissman follies. Mm. And so then this, the mirror song takes on a different meaning because uh, these ghosts or these older women are mirroring what the the ghosts are doing and vice versa. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just beautiful. Yeah, and they're
2: and, they're doing mirror numbers where they're you know this person's facing to the left and the and, ghost counterpointed facing to the right or upstage downstage. And mm-hmm. it's 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 fascinating. Yeah. It's,
1: I've seen it staged so many different ways where they're mm-hmm. either performing it side by side or mm-hmm. or like you said, some are uh, like one group is facing upstage while the other one is facing downstage. Um, you know, the, anything, anything, uh, Mm. could, could work. I think originally in the book, it says when the original idea of it was to show that there were some of the girls that, uh, had passed away before the Mm. reunion. So there were going to be moments where, uh, you know, the line of dancers would be doing, uh, doing an action like now it's your turn to kick the leg. Now your turn to kick the leg. Now you're down the line, but then there would be gaps, mm. um, which is a great idea, but yeah. they could never get it to work. Oh. And I don't think anybody's ever tried because if Michael Bennett and yeah, Al Prince going to get it to work, then
2: well, I also think to? that
1: that requires a
2: fairly big chorus or a bigger chorus than yeah. you already have yeah. set up.
1: And I mean, it's yeah, it's, it's a basic tap number. It's it's one of the it's one of the moments of just fun frivolous uh entertainment which you show. don't often see in a Sondheim piece yeah. but uh, uh, but it still is twinged with that oh look they're older now <laughs> kind, of, kind <laughs> well, of they're also singing about being lonely in love yeah while they're tap yeah. dancing exactly
2: <laughs> um, and then after that uh, Carlotta comes out and God. does her powerhouse because if you needed to be more about lonely in love then you have the <sighs> <laughs> the um, this like
1: the survival song, the, right? the survival song of like this war torn actor. Yeah, and that's the interesting part is because like all the references uh throughout the song and there's many references um <laughs> you uh, they're all forty one and earlier. Yeah. Uh, because this is a song that for some reason they gave this twenty one year old to sing <laughs> to sing about how she is still here after going through all of this stuff. And it's even more poignant 30 Oh, so that is supposed
2: to be Carlotta's
1: number I think back so. in I th- the Follies? That's what I've always, always taken Because, like, references like... Um, Brenda Frazier. Brenda Frazier, BB's Bathysphere, mm. uh, Major Bows, uh, stuff like that. Okay. Because uh, that's all stuff from, like, Radio Days era. Yeah. Um, there's not really much... I guess you could take the, you know, I've been through Reno, I've been through Beverly Hills. Mm. Uh that could have happened later or that could have been her as a young woman singing that. And then it just means more Mm -hmm. uh, to the, to the older woman because she has been through Mm -hmm. Beverly Hills. She has been through pills. She has, you know, I guess
2: I I guess the times the few times I've seen it and listened to it, I Mm -hmm. always kind of figured it was one of the numbers that the present day person is actually singing Mm -hmm. without it being a Follies pastiche.
1: Okay. Um,
2: which that's not to say that that is the right <laughs> way to think of that.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, but that definitely does a different, give a different spin. Yeah. Um,
1: and although, s- oh,
2: sorry. Some of this might be just because of the fact that this number was originally, this was a number that was given to Carlotta because she was being played by Ivonda Carlo. Yeah. Who was uh the original Mama monster. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they wanted like a big number for her.
1: Mm-hmm. Originally it was a song called, uh, can that boy Trot," And it was a cute song, uh, but it was kind of a one joke song. It was, you know, her talking about this, uh, you know, as if she were a college girl and, um, she was the, the queen of this prom and, uh, she's looking for a boy to dance with. And so she starts singing about this boy that she knows and all the stuff is like, he's ugly and he's, uh, uncoordinated, uh, and you know, at one point she even says he can't dance, but oh, can he f- foxtrot? So which that makes yeah. more sense as a Follies pastiche. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it just it left everyone kind of wanting. It's like that's yeah. what you're gonna give the the recognized name mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, to do is just this jokey song, which makes me wonder if 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 maybe it's a great
2: song. Don't get it yeah. wrong. So I wonder if if I'm still here is they weren't sure if it's supposed to be. A past song or a present song
1: i don't know i'm still holding to the idea that that uh carlotta as a Mm -hmm. as a younger woman was this big brassy belter Mm -hmm. and they wanted to give her a big brassy belting song uh in the follies uh so she's like a young ethel merman type who's gonna
2: like this thing about being in abroad.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and there's even like the the little monologue that she gives before about how, you know, uh oh well I had a song in the Follies once, but they cut the goddamn thing in Philadelphia. <laughs> and, you know, how it was uh, a sad song, but she kept getting laughs. And uh so she like went out and tried to make it even sadder, and everyone in the house just fell apart. Um but but then they cut it, and uh, you know what you're gonna do. <laughs> Cue music. Um, <laughs> uh, but I think there's even like there's even some uh, productions now that I think about it where they've tweaked the book a bit to say uh, they cut my song, so I swear I swore I was gonna sing it on this stage at some point, and here we go. You know. So but I don't know. I mean, it could also be like. But now, because but Carlotta is a star, she's a movie mm-hmm. star, so she, at this point in what a movie star meant was she probably also had a show in Vegas that ran for a while. Yeah. So maybe there is definitely a take of saying, oh, this is a song that I did in Vegas, mm-hmm. you know? This is one of my one of my show-stopping numbers.
2: Mm-hmm. Then we have Ben and Sally again, uh, yes. Too Many Mornings.
1: Yes. Oh.
2: Which but, is, that's the one where they kiss, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember this song, to be honest. Oh, really? I'm sure if I listened to it, I would yeah. remember it, but it's not one that, like, almost all of these, I can think, that's the melody of that song. This one, I yeah. couldn't tell okay. you.
1: <laughs> well, this song is interesting um, because just to listen to it, it's a beautiful love song. You know, Ben is saying, you know, uh, you know, there was too many mornings that I didn't wake up to see you, basically. Mm-hmm. And if you just listen to it, it's gorgeous. If you actually think about the story going in, Ben is just seducing Sally because he needs to seduce someone. He needs to feel important to somebody, you know. Mm-hmm. He needs to uh show that he still can, that he still yes. he still got it, you know. Well oh, yeah,
2: he's been shown to be a philanderer oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. by this point in time. Uh,
1: totally. he'll sleep with anyone that gives him the attention. Yeah. And Sally of course is taking it as, "Oh, this means that he loves me." Mm-hmm. Is this when we
2: find out that the two of them had been together and continuing to be together in the
1: past? No, actually, that's a little snippet of dialogue inside uh, In Buddy's Eyes, Okay. uh, where there's the interaction between the the young ghosts Mm -hmm. of Sally and Ben, where she says, you can't, uh, you fool around with me and give a ring to her, you know? Yeah. But... Too many mornings, they sing it to each other. Sally's talking about how, you know, I should have worn green. Oh, I wore green the last time, the time I was happy. Um, and uh, then it ends with them kissing. And Sally's husband, Buddy, walks in and catches them kissing, but doesn't say anything. Just kind of sees the evidence in, in front of them and lights out. <laughs> so that's the end of Act One. That's the end of Act One. Mm -hmm. uh also there's there's another song that used to be an intro to too many mornings that was cut just because it's unnecessary but it's still really kind of lovely it's called pleasant little kingdoms um and so ben is talking about how you know talking about his life and it's a pleasant little kingdom full of pleasant little things full of scintillating dinners with neighboring kings um (laughs) that sounds yeah. But I mean I, I love it because I, I like the, the music and mm-hmm. and how it kind of melts into too many mornings. And I also love it because it's childish. They're talking about their lives as fairy tales. Mm-hmm. And I mean that's just kind of what at the point in their lives, they're both kind of being childish about yeah. it. That well it he's
2: been yeah, he's been shown that he's he's very childish mm-hmm. in the fact that he doesn't know how to basically live his life. Exactly. And he's been cheating on his wife for forever. And Sally is so fanciful oh, that, yeah. you know, a, a fairy
1: tale kind of suits her, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean,
2: in, in, what was it? In Buddy's eyes, I'm young and beautiful. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Still the princess. Still yeah. the prize. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like when she
2: says, I'm still the princess, it feels very much like, oh honey. Yeah. Oh honey. Mm. Yeah.
1: Like, it's time <laughs> to put away the pink dress. Exactly. Yeah.
2: Um, So this is the end of Act 1. Yes. Uh, We are going to break for intermission.
1: And (laughs) And be back on our next episode. Where we uh, finish up the show and discuss Act 2 of
2: Stephen Sondheim's Follies. So we'll be back uh, in (laughs) 5. Thank you, 5. Thank you, 5. Thank you for listening to Thank You, 5. If you like what you heard today, please make sure to subscribe, leave a positive review... And make sure you leave us a positive rating on whichever podcast catcher you caught us on. Music by James Higgins. Cover artwork by Elizabeth Brozek.